All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Uh, Three more years of Stuart Skinner. The Oilers are back in Nashville looking to dominate the Preds once again. Reed Schaefer is going to join the show. The Oilers' first-round pick who's out with Team Canada. Uh, And the Oilers lost to the Ducks over the weekend. Well, let's get into that, at least with the lead. The lead is brought to you by our friends at Soho. You can check them out online, SohoYeg.com. Whether you're looking to take advantage of one of their great lunch specials or tonight... You need a spot to watch the game. Soho's got you. Fantastic game day deals, including half price wings, $8 for a pint and a slice deals on Coors and Coors Light. And also the game's on a 100 inch screen. Doesn't get much better than that. SohoYeg.com. We will get into the breaking news from today. And that is the big extension for Stuart Skinner. We will talk about the matchup against the Preds. Yes, Reed Schaefer is going to join us on the show. Had a chance to catch up with him over the weekend as he is out in Halifax with Team Canada getting set for the World Juniors, and I got his take on the nickname Ginger Beef. I asked for his blessing, so you're not going to want to miss that interview. Uh, but Jay, it's a short for giant game day. They're taking on the Nashville Predators, and they're looking to get back in the win column because they lost to the Anaheim Ducks. And a guy, they lost to a goalie making his eighth career start. They lost to the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks have won in regulation twice in 31 games. Now it's three times in 32 games. They lost to the Anaheim Ducks. Like, I'm sitting here watching the, it happen, and I'm like, this is, like, this is not real. Like, it was pathetic. It's the Anaheim Ducks, and we lost. At granted, 2 p.m. game, 
Doesn't matter. showed up late as, as usual, but it's the Anaheim Ducks. And we lost. There was a lot of ugly in that hockey game. Um, I mean, well, to be fair, they started well. Darnell Nurse scored the first goal of the game, and it was like, bang, here yeah, we go. They like did a bunch of blunders to give up the next four. Like took a bad penalty, couldn't get the puck up, <laughs> tried to just fire it off the boards, even though there was a guy right there. So yeah, the next two goals, Darnell Nurse, brutal. Can't have those two things happen. They can't happen if you're a one million dollar D man, a two million dollar D man, whatever. That can't happen. And I was really hoping that that goal, his fifth of the season, would be a big turning point. And it'd be like, all right, like Nurse is back now. He's got that mojo. And he just went and that balloon deflated so quick. Well, especially after his comments from the game before, right? So like, okay, yeah, like he scores. Okay, he's, he's, he's motivated. He's showing us that he is the Darnell Nurse we think he is. And unfortunately, that didn't pan out. But like, it was just more than that. Like we had like, what, like 5,000 shots and we gave up like 17. And somehow yeah. all 17 were like really good chances. You can't even like you can't really even blame Skinner too much on most of those goals. The shots were 49-17. There you go. It was just blunders. Yeah. Um in the third period, the shots were 23 to 2. The Ducks found away. Irrelevant. To... Couldn't like we scored four, we scored three goals for us. Yeah, three. We lost four three. Yeah. We probably should have had seven. The goalie did play off his head. But we can't like we should still win. It's the Ducks. The first two goals solely, or not solely, but the first two goals, you look at Darnell Nurse and you're like, okay, can't take that penalty, can't turn over that puck, need to do something better. Again, second game in a row, he's made a bad mistake with the puck on his stick. The third goal, Evan Bouchard can't do that. That was just, I mean, that if you're going to make a cutesy backhand pass, you got to be 100% sure of it and you got to make the play. That was brutal from him. And then on the fourth goal, don't screen your goalie. They teach you that in peewee. That was a good screen. It was like a really good screen. Skinner couldn't like, oh, that, and that one almost drove me more nuts. Like than the third third lost. Yeah. And I like Evan Bouchard. He's got a future in this league. He's, but they need more from him. They need more from nurse. This blue line shouldn't be this bad. It really shouldn't. Cody. Are we going to be saying this all season? Yes. Like that, but it's what, how many games are 32? 33? Yeah. Well, close. And we're saying the exact same thing since game one. Yeah. So, like, when are we actually wrong for saying it? When do we become wrong? Because I think we're wrong. And maybe we are. Um, so something's got to be done then. The ducks. And I'll go ahead and say that just signing Jason Demers to an NHL contract. Not which they doing didn't, it. That's not going to cut it. Jason Demers might be fine. That's his ceiling. Great for Baco and like absolute emergency basis, but like it's a, like that's just a bad signal, right? Like we've got issues, yeah. and then we and then we then we mix it. Like yes, the Stuart Skinner ex- extension, well deserved. So happy for him, but we've got another mistake that's trying to cover up, which might actually be the signing of Jack Campbell. Like, what are we doing with our roster construction? Like, what is going on? What is going on? We lost know. the Ducks. Because we couldn't defensively contain the Ducks. And, like, again, they scored three goals. 17 shots, and we still couldn't contain them. They have four goals on 17 it's shots. It's bad, man. It's bad. It's bad. But it's and not. I love the Oilers, but this is bad. To be fair. Oh. Or to. I, just, I have been finding the silver lining for this team I know. online since 2007. Mm-hmm. So that me. was your breaking point, though? Hit me. Oh, I've, I've had many breaking points. 
But when I drink the Kool-Aid every season, I believe in every depth signing and everything we do, and we see it in action, and mm-hmm. it's not enough yet. At this time last year, the Oilers had 36 points. They got 35 right now. Granted, they played. They're also games. going through like the craziest slide ever. Yeah. It's right in the midst of it. And then we got, and then and then a few things happen. Coaching change of Vander Kane. So these are catalysts to spark the team and get the, the team going. And we just like like crushed our way into the playoffs. I get it. Mm-hmm. But like, I think we have to start holding this team to a higher standard. Okay. Because we've got Connor David and Leon Dreisaitl. And our time and our window is open and our time is now. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm an old guy yelling at the clouds like Abraham Simpson. But I don't care because the time is actually now. Last year from the beginning of the season until the end of December, mm-hmm. they were running at a hot. Five, well, they, were, they had a 597 points percentage. They were 18, 12, and 1. Six games over 500, more or less. Um, this year, there's still room for them to get to that pace before the new year. Of course there is, but this is just... The inconsistency I'm not, I'm is just... I'm not worried yeah. about the Oilers making the playoffs. I am not, I've got zero concerns about that. Probably be a little worried. I'll maybe knock on wood when I say that. But it's it, it, we're, it just, we're just exposing a lot of the issues that we have and we're not doing anything about it and these are issues that will get further exposed when it comes to playoff time Mm -hmm. so like yeah i'm gonna relentlessly beat this drum Mm -hmm. because i'm thinking about the playoffs now i'm not thinking about the regular season can't lose the dust can't i think it was next gen night there's kids doing the national anthem announcing the goals joining the broadcast gotta win it for the kids it's a big day for them. If I would have told you before Lost the game, the though, if I would have told you before the game, Oilers going to outshoot them 49-17, you would have probably wagered pretty heavily on them winning that game, though. Yeah, but they did. They just wasn't. It wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't. Is, it was uh, Sad. 46 shots against the Ducks wasn't yeah. enough. That is wild. Oilers Nation every day, as always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. That beautiful Connor McDavid jersey hanging on the wall. Huh? Maybe you're looking to get that for he a shows little. up. He shows up. Sports Closet always comes through as well. Sportscloset.ca, three locations in the Edmonton area, St. Albert Mall, Shirt Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall. I don't think we can have Liam on because I think we're having a tech problem maybe. Yeah, we are. That's too bad. But he wants me to tell you guys that the light goal today is 58. And that is because Reed Schaefer had 58 points last season in the WHL. That's a positive storyline. It is. Love the we, We're going to talk to him in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, I want to touch on the Stuart Skinner extension because that was breaking news from earlier today. I'd say three-year deal, a $2.6 million cap hit. I see the YouTube chat where we always love hearing from you guys. Someone was saying, oh, it sounds like he maybe, uh, it sounds like maybe you took a little hometown discount. But I'm not buying oh. that fully. I think this is actually a really nice win-win deal for either side. Yeah, I don't think that's a hometown discount. Like, it's a small sample size. Obviously, I, in hindsight, I wish maybe we did this sooner, but I, that's a win-win. It, it it might it might maybe no. I I think you know in year two and year three of this we're going to be laughing. Yeah, it's just is he our starter? But the thing is, in today's NHL, you need two goalies. You know, you need two goalies. Hundred percent. So now you got your duo locked up for three seasons after this one at seven point six million at a time when Frank Saravalli said it last week on the show, cap should go up three to four million this summer. Yep. That's gonna look really good. And if the cap goes up three to four million the year after that, 
all of a sudden you're spending less than 10% of your cap on goaltending. Yeah, I, I think it's a value sign. I think it, it, it is it is a value for both sides. I'm not like, I'm it's well-deserved. Yep. I'm happy. They could have offered him $3 million and I would still would not have been upset. Yeah, anything under three and a half, I probably would yeah. have been fine with. So in that sense, you're right. It's a bargain. It is pretty in line with what some other guys in his range get. Um, Daniel Vladar in Calgary, 25 years old. He got a two-year deal that's going to walk him right to UFA years. $2.2 million. Piotr Kachetkov in Carolina. Has, doesn't have the experience that Skinner does, which I know is kind of a little weird to say. He's played like 10, 15 less career games. But he got a four-year deal. Walks him right to unrestricted free agency. Two million bucks a season, so, so it is. We overpaid. No, I think it's right in line because Skinner has a bit more experience. Um, but a three-year deal. The one mustache. The one concern is that it does walk him to uh, unrestricted free agency. Mm-hmm. So in three seasons, when you need to sign Leon Drysaddle, when a Connor McDavid extension is coming up, you, there's a chance you're going to be in tight with Jack Campbell still on the books at that point. Um, although you never know how that's going to age. I really but want Jack. I really want Jack to be good for us. I really, really do. It's, I really do. Yeah. We also need him to, but the, I really do. The Skinner thing, though, the point I was going to get was it's only a problem if he turns into a legit number one. And at that point, if you get three years of Skinner being legit number one, legit number one, legit number one, you don't care how much you have no. to pay him. You've grown and developed a star goaltender. So why it, it won't matter is my point. So that's, there's no reason. Like, now. They just lock yeah. him up at a good price for this three-year window that we're in mm-hmm. where we should be. That's me pushing the chips all in yeah, to go for runs here. And the other thing I love about this is as the cap goes up in the next couple of years, which again, we know it will. Frank said last week, it's going up. The Oilers have a lot of cost certainty. McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman, Nuge, Kane, all locked up for the next couple of seasons, mm-hmm. like longer than three years. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Kyler Yamamoto. He's under contract for next season as well on the blue line. CC Kulak, Nurse, all locked up. Get Bouchard, get Broberg. Young guys under team control. There's an element of cost certainty that comes with having those guys in their RFA years. They're in a spot where you're right. They can just start pushing the chips in. There's no need to harbor up draft picks. There's no need to save all these pieces. Just go. Just go, go, go and make this team as good as you can, possibly can in the next four months, in the next 12 months when you get to the offseason and keep it rolling going forward. I think the Skinner signing allows them to do that. It, it, it definitely plays a part in it for sure. Um, and these are like we just have to go and do this because like I'm tired of just saying the same things, wishing that it'll change. Because once again, that's the definition of insanity, and I literally feel like I'm going insane. Yeah. The Oilers have a player to watch at the World Juniors. They get going in exactly exci- seven this, days. Yeah, this is exciting. This is exciting. This is very exciting. Um, he's a big part of this team's future as well. The 32nd overall pick from last year's draft, Reed Schaefer, is out at the World Juniors with Canada in Halifax. And the last year for him has been absolutely insane. He's also been given one of the better nicknames. I like to think one Probably he's ever come up best. with. Uh, let's get into our chat with Oilers first round pick, Reed Schaefer from the World Juniors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Maybe. Maybe we don't. Oh, Reed Schaefer, do we have him? There we go. Big guest today on Oilers Nation every day. He is an Oilers first round pick, and now he is a member of Team Canada's World Junior Team. Tournament gets going in well, just over a week now. Reed Schaefer joining me on the show. Welcome in, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, okay, before we get into all of it, you know we love you here at Oilers Nation. Nation citizens are big fans of yours. Have you heard about the nickname Ginger Beef, and does it have your approval? I have, yeah. I've heard, I've heard of that nickname. I see the the tweets and the the posts on that on Instagram. I think it's kind of funny. I don't know how that nickname's came up, but you know, if, if you guys like it, sure. <laughs> Doesn't it matter. Out. We got to give credit to our guy Wanya. He is a he is the genius behind a lot of the nicknames, Jessup Pulyarvi, Bison King, and all yeah. of that. Uh, but we appreciate you giving us some time. Like I said, I want to go through the last few months. In July, you were drafted by your hometown team. August, September, you were at your first rookie camps, NHL camps. October, November, you scored a pace better than almost anyone else in the WHL. And now, yeah, now December, you're going to the World Juniors. Uh, That's pretty cool being Reed Schaefer right now. Do you kind of pinch yourself every once in a while thinking like, damn, this is pretty sweet? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Obviously, all the events that have occurred within the last year have been pretty special and pretty surreal, obviously. Um, You know, it couldn't have happened any other way. I think just a testament to my hard work and um obviously the development in seattle as well they've done a good job there and uh just everyone that that's gotten here it's it's been it's been awesome and it's been a a fun ride so far yeah because i mean like you you go back a year ago like you weren't even on the radar for a lot of the big public lists for like a first round pick and things like that and boom you're a first round pick and a year ago you wouldn't have been on the radar for like a world juniors boom, you've made the world junior team now, not just going to camp, but actually cracking the team. You mentioned hard work. What other parts of your game are you maybe kind of the most proud of when you look at the strides you've taken in the last 12 months? Yeah, for me, I think it's just my offensive ability. I think uh, I'm really proud of that. I think my COVID year, I had two points in 18 games. So uh, the, the next year, I think I had 58. So, um, you know, I think it just goes to show like what I did in the garage and uh, shooting puck, stick handling, but the stuff on the ice as well, just like puck protects and, and stuff like that. Um, still trying to work on my foot speed, obviously. Um, the first three strides, I think that'll help me in pro if I can get that down pat. But other than that, yeah. What was it like uh, going through a Hockey Canada training camp? I would imagine it's it's pretty intense. Yeah, pretty intense. Obviously, lots of nerves. Um, you know, you're out there with uh, top end guys in your country. So um, obviously pretty nervous, but I think it was pretty fun just to see the guys around the league and how they play. Um, it's pretty cool. And obviously to be to be on the ice with three NHL players is just pretty cool. 
I'll hit you with a bit of a cliche one, but so you find out you make the team. Who's the first call to? Is it a call? Is it a quick message to a family group chat? Who'd you chat with first after you found out you were going? Yeah, I called my dad right away. Um, I think he was on speakerphone with my mom as well. So, um, well, actually, no, I just called my dad and uh, my dad then called my mom. She was getting her nails done at a salon and I think she started to cry. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's crazy. Like, I mean, obviously a lot of accomplishments, like we said, you've had in the last little bit, but I would imagine, cause you would have been right around that age, like when world juniors were hitting their peak, right? Like boxing day, watching team Canada. How cool is it to now think that like, you're going to be the guy that like the 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kids are going to be waking up watching on boxing day with that, with that logo on your sweater. Yeah. It's pretty cool to think of it like that. Uh, like obviously, like you said, I think from ages like seven to just like 18 i think i was watching world juniors uh on boxing day on christmas just um you know just cheering them on having the maple leaf jersey on so uh for me to be finally in this tournament it's pretty cool and obviously an honor to wear the maple leaf so what's your favorite world junior memory from when you were a kid i would probably say a couple years ago when akil thomas uh, scored that game-winning goal versus russia i believe that was pretty electric yeah were you were you a little bit too young for the eberly goal uh yeah i don't really remember that one so that that would have yeah because that would have been like right around the prime world junior watching that for me going back to your spot on the ice spot on this roster you mentioned like three guys on this team were in the nhl and when you look at the forward group like in seattle you're the guy top line winger and in this tournament you there might be situations where you're slotted a little bit lower have you had mm -hmm. any conversations with the coaching staff or have you thought about it yourself about maybe what your role is and how you might need to change the way you play or do you need to at all do you feel like your game's going to translate well here yeah i think obviously i have to adjust my game a little bit i think uh uh in seattle as i'm more of a go-to guy i play power play play pk but here uh i know i'm going to be a role player uh, i think just be like the fourth line guy that brings energy uh brings the physicality and it's hard on the four check uh but i think uh, we can also we're, we're a heavy checking line so i think we can use our body effectively and create space for ourselves and maybe uh, produce a little bit offensively. But other than that, I think just play PK and just play their role. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a great tournament. Obviously things get going on boxing day. You got some pre-tournament games in the meantime. Has it been maybe a bit of a surprise to see just how much goes into this as well? Like, I mean, it's not just training camp and then jump right into games. Like there's a lot going in here. You mentioned you guys are out doing some team building and things like yeah. that, but have you been kind of blown away at just how gigantic this world junior process is? Absolutely. Yeah. There's been long days. Obviously we're here in St. Andrews and um, I think we drive 30 minutes to a rink because this town is so small, right? So uh, there's not much to do around here. So we drive 30 minutes and it's like St. Saint Stephans or whatever. Uh, but yeah, like I think their whole community comes out and watches our practice. The the stands are pretty full, which is pretty funny. Uh, I've never seen a practice crowd that big. But um, other than that, yeah, just long days. Um, and, you know, the support, uh, it's huge. You've seen so much support so far. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome to be a part of. It's going to be it's going to be an unreal tournament as well. It feels like the first time since pre-COVID that the world juniors are really back and people are going to buy into it. And it's always intense when they're out in the Maritimes out in Halifax. <laughs> I think back to the one in the early 2000s and some of the videos there are just absolutely crazy. Uh, just circling back to the Oilers connection again, since this is yeah. Oilers Nation every day. Are you still keeping pretty close tabs on the team uh, over in Seattle? Are you getting a chance to watch a few games here and there? Yeah, I haven't watched... Uh 
as much games as I'd like to. Obviously, I've been bit pretty busy lately, but uh, towards the start of the year, I was watching them mostly every, every time I could. Um, but yeah, I, I look at the box score every morning and see how they're doing. Um, yeah, looking to see who, who gets the points and stuff like that. So uh, I'm keeping tabs on them for sure. How much of a different vibe? Because again, like I, I just love the story of you growing up an Oilers fan now being in an, an oiler being in the oiler system after going through camp now and watching the games like how much different is that perspective in your head when you're sitting watching yeah it's awesome it's awesome obviously uh it's pretty it's pretty cool to be in the organization and know you're there with them and and obviously uh skated with those guys too um it just adds like a different feel for it and and you know you maybe get into the games a little bit more than than you used to so it's pretty cool I remember we were talking at the draft in Montreal about some of the texts and calls you had kind of gotten immediately after getting drafted. But when you got to Oilers camp, was there one moment that was kind of like your, oh my God, I'm really here, like one interaction maybe that really kind of blew you away? Uh, yeah, probably just like standing in line beside McDavid and him talking to me quite a bit. Um, that I'd probably want or just like eating breakfast for Yam with Yamamoto. I think that was pretty cool too, so. Cool. Cool. Uh, one thing I love about the world juniors is the celebrations, man. They're, they're on a totally different level. And some of them are iconic. Talk about like the Everly one. I remember Brad Marchand and whatever year that was, 05, 06, doing the jump up to the glass. A lot of guys love doing the tugging at the maple leaf as Reed Schaefer. I mean, we're putting the cart before the horse. So maybe I shouldn't ask this. Have you yeah. given thought what your world junior celebration might be? Because you're a goal scorer. <laughs> yeah i don't know i haven't thought of that one yet but i'd probably just go some, something simple i like to put my uh glove to my ear like this there is that's my go-to so i'm probably that one that's got some mcdavid-esque flair to it too i think 97 would give that the uh the stamp of approval he likes going to that yeah. one uh best <laughs> of luck in the world juniors man and uh, are your parents coming out you got like some family that'll be in halifax with you yeah i think uh my brothers and my parents are coming down i think they get here the 23rd so uh, they'll be here for quite a while, so it'll be awesome for them. And hopefully you get to uh, make the flight back home to Seattle with some new jewelry around your neck, Reed. I really appreciate you giving us some time, man. Thanks for doing this, and best of luck. Got oil country behind you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For Oilers first-round pick, getting all excited for the World Juniors, which start in seven days. I think they got him slotted in a... He's been skating with kind of the bottom six. He's the beef. He's the beef. He really is the beef, Um, and he likes the nickname. I, it means a lot. Yeah. This is very exciting. The fact that he's on Owen every day is even more exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting milestone event. Yeah. Um, it really is. I love, I mean, the world juniors are great when they happen around Christmas time every year. Um, they're a lot of fun, but when there's an Oilers there, that's just a little bit. Of oh yeah. Oomph. And I, I like, he's, he's the energy guy. Like this is yeah. like, we need, like we need Reed Schaefer right now. Mm-hmm. I'm ex I'm really excited to watch Moral Juniors. Yeah, a lot of people in the chat uh, just talking about how smiley he was. He was very smiley. He is a he seems like a happy. He's going to be a kid. fan favorite man. Oh, yeah. He's so lovable, mm -hmm. and he'll also kick your ass, which makes him even more lovable. Yeah, uh, Reed is in and says, "Is Ginger Beef 97's shooter?" And he could be, but again, like to tie this back to the present day team, you have. Reed Schaefer in the system, Xavier Borgo, Dylan Holloway still on his ELC as well. You have a handful of guys a little bit lower down in the line or lower down in the prospect pool, like a Carter Savoy. You have a lot of talent there. On the blue line, Bouchard's young, Broberg's young. You got some other pieces. Move the first round pick this year. 
You have enough coming. Move the next two. Move the next three. I, I, agreed, man. Yeah. Our window is open. The time is now. I'm going to get a tattoo to my forehead. So yeah. I have to keep saying it. The window's open. You have some pieces coming that can give you salary relief and be those good young depth pieces for you. Move those pieces. Get as good as you can for this season. And maybe we're getting a little bit far ahead of ourselves. They need to win tonight. And you oh. get back in the win column. You don't want to have this losing skit extend to three games. And the good news for the Oilers is that they're playing the Nashville Predators, a team who they love going up against. Uh, I know they do, but like now I'm just, I've got some weird recency bias. I feel nervous about tonight. You know, yes, last game against Nashville made a boatload of money on Leon Dreisaitl whipping their ass. Yeah. But it's either, it's either going to be one of two things. The exact same situation happens tonight as happened with Anaheim, where mm -hmm. we just absolutely generate a ton of opportunity and cash in, or we're going to legitimately destroy them like A1. Because I, I, you got to think, you have to think, well, you saw Leon Dreisella. He was pissed. He is, in fact, pissy. This is the one time he'll admit he's pissy. Him and McDavid going off the ice, they were both really mad after that game. Well, they they well, they they shelled the goalie and they couldn't get it. They couldn't they couldn't get any, anything to go in. Like it was very very frustrating. But they and they're also mad because we all should be mad because they lost the Ducks. But yeah. it's it's like, are we in this like weird scenario right now, or we're just gonna like go on a little weird slide and just start losing to teams like the Ducks and the Preds? Are we gonna snap out of it and like come to Nashville and just like you thought last Tuesday was tough? We're gonna. Make you, yeah. I was gonna say a bad word, but we're gonna make you look bad. <laughs> uh, it's a short for giant game day. If you're watching on YouTube, hit us up in the chat with what your keys to victory are for this evening's game, or just what you want to see from the Oilers times. They take on the Nashville Predators, Sherwood Ford, and their mobile service center. It's legit, Jay. It is legit. Customers have a lot to love about their new Ford Mobile Service Center. Click the link below in this description for the YouTube event if you want to book an appointment with their journeyman mechanic, Scott, at your home, at your office, wherever you are. They come to you. That is one of the big perks of Sherwood Ford. I have a Sherwood Ford testimonial. Yep. Have at her. Well, I, had, uh, I was due for an oil change, and my schedule for the week was kind of tight. And they came and picked up my Bronco, took mm -hmm. it to get an oil change and drop the back off like as if nothing ever happened. You didn't even know it was gone. Didn't even know it was gone. Sat there. And went, Car, Bronco knew it was gone because it's got fresh new oil. Yep. It's happy. Especially coming these cold, these uh, cold temperatures. You want good oil. Mm -hmm. Ready to take on minus 30. Thank you, Sherwood Ford. Taking on the Nashville Predators tonight are the Oilers. And this is a Predators team, Jay, that has lost six games in a row. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Just perfect. After losing 6-3 to the Oilers, which at that point was their fourth loss in a row, they then lost 2-1 to the Jets and 3-1 to the Avalanche. Uh, they've been playing generally some pretty low-event hockey at 5-on-5. Five five. That Oilers game is the only time, or the only time in their last five, they've allowed three goals against at 5-on-5. Five five. They had three goals against. Allowed three goals against 5-on-5. Oh. It's also the only time they scored three goals at 5-on-5. Yeah, well, so shocker, because our defense sucks. It's terrible. Yep. Defensively, we're easy to play against, so mm -hmm. we make teams like the Ducks score a lot against us. And the Preds. Um, wow. Well, that makes me nervous, because we love ending streaks. Love it. 
Yeah, and I mean, the game against Anaheim is a great example of it. Uh, Liam, are you alive? I'm here. I can be heard. I just don't know if I can be seen. Ah, people oh, are seeing you. Seen. It's there all good. Go. I'm here. Welcome. Uh, you were at the game against the Ducks. What's your takeaway? <laughs> My takeaway was I I couldn't believe it. I think everyone was just sat in the crowd like, seriously? Like the whole time it was, oh, they'll get one. And then yeah. every time they shot that, what's his name? Dostal? Yeah. Somehow figured out how to stop him. Like it was a weird game and it was just mistakes again that shot the Oilers in the foot. And now it's back-to-back games where they've been robbed of four points by themselves 100 percent. like the game against st louis you're right you're right they shot themselves in the foot and they did it again against anaheim because yeah. you know yeah they only scored three goals but guess what if nurse can get a puck out if bouchard doesn't have a terrible turnover and if bouchard doesn't screen skinner they win that game three one we also had a ton of power plays did we not yeah i think we had six or seven. they went two but they went two for six which is fine but it obviously wasn't enough <laughs> But their penalty kill gave up a goal. Their penalty kill's oh, garbage. That's, that's our brand. So again, you go to overtime if your penalty kill's not garbage. There was one point in, I think it was at the end of the first period, Anaheim had 10 face-off wins and we had two. Maybe we needed so 60 shots against the Ducks. Maybe that's what was missing. I like to think that the 50th one would have gone in. I, I have a question. Did mm-hmm. they say why the goal didn't count on the broadcast? Because they never announced it in the rink. He just said no goal. I think it was because the... Oh, they, they, they were saying because... They, they were saying because... It, it could have been goaltender interference. I thought it could have been. Too, but I, I still don't get it. If he's pushing yeah. the puck and the goal, like it's, that was a weird one. It was a weird one. I just hate that the refs have a mic to explain stuff. Yeah. And yeah. then they just say no goal. So well, why? Because it got why. in before the whistle. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you can see it. The, the video coach or whatever was telling Woodcroft not to challenge it. Okay. Yeah. But I believe the broadcasters thought it could have been a good goal. And obviously, I drink the Kool-Aid. Every goal that goes in for the Oilers should count. They, the players didn't seem overly pissed that it wasn't didn't count after they saw the replay. Yeah. So, and I mean, if the Oilers aren't It's one of those weird yeah. ones where I just don't know the rule enough. Like I don't know any energy. Like, I don't know how that's goaltender <laughs> interference. Like, the goalie's on the ground. And, the puck and it wasn't on, on the ground because he was knocked down by an opposing player. And there's a, there's a battle for a puck. Why battling with the goalie for a puck become goalie interference? Yeah. Granted, we shouldn't be hanging our hat on that issue as to why we lost the Ducks. New, but good topic of conversation. Because, yeah, they're saying people in the chat saying it was intent to blow the whistle, right? And that's you can't review that like it intent. It's the ref. That one I've heard that one before. That drives me nuts. So that ref, I don't know what his name was. He was wearing number seventeen. Was the one who blew it off. Yeah. And I was sat right behind the goal where the Oilers attacked twice. And every single time the puck was in the end and it was a face-off, there was guys who were like yelling at the ref, like joking around. And he would just like stare at them the entire time. And then right at the end of the game, he blew that high stick, but the linesman blew it off, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that had anything to do with like Oilers fans literally chirping him the entire game. Because he was clearly, yeah. he was thinking about it because he was looking. It was kind of strange. I've never seen that before. I want to talk a little bit about the ice time and the way it's been divvied up. And I'm going to look at this just at five on five, because again, things get a little bit skewed when you're down by a goal late and you're going to play Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for four of the last five minutes, right? Like you need to do that in that situation. But at five on five in that game, you had Nurse up at 1858, Kulak 1701, a couple other D-men. Then there was Dreisaitl and Hyman, both over 15, McDavid at 13. Devin Shore played 516. Clean Costin played 552. Derek Ryan was just a hair over seven minutes. 
Part of the reason this team was successful, and this was a mailbag question, read the Monday mailbag every Monday at OilersNation.com. Great website. When Woodcroft took over last year, we heard Derek Ryan come out and say, it feels like you've purpose now, right? And he said, we know what our job is. We feel like we're contributing. And all these depth guys started playing more and contributing more. And you could argue, is it a chicken and the egg thing? You know, Were they playing more because they're playing better? Or were they playing better because they were playing more? I think they were playing better because they were playing more. They were getting more ice time. It's very difficult to go out there in five minutes and 52 seconds of ice time spread out over a 60-minute game and have momentum. When you go out there, you have a good shift. And you're like, boom, that was a good 40 seconds. You get to the bench and you sit for seven minutes. It, it drains you. It zaps you. I don't understand why Woodcroft has reverted back. And I'm, this is not me saying any like coaching. We're not doing the coaching change thing, obviously. But I don't understand why he's reverted back to this Tippett-esque style of play the hell out of the big guns. And if you're on the fourth line and you don't kill penalties, guess what? You're playing five minutes every night. You get one minute for every 12 minutes of the game. You're M-Truck math. Maybe, I don't get it. Maybe our roster isn't good enough to roll for Clean Costin and Derek Ryan have been playing good. When Derek Ryan was on the ice in those seven minutes and 25 seconds, the Oilers outshot the Ducks seven to two. The shots were 46 to 17. Every line better have outshot the Ducks seven to two. I just feel like the minutes could be spread out a little bit better. And it I should be, but the, the reality is, is maybe they're not, we're not good enough to do but it. But Clem Costin and Derek Ryan are good. They're, they, they, you know, I do, I, I have enjoyed that line a little bit. So they have been I just, energizing. and maybe it's all situational. And if the Oilers were winning, they'd be mixing up the minutes more and, and distributing them better. Mm-hmm. But I feel like part of it as well, because now we see Woodcroft's gone back to McDavid and Drysaddle as a duo, and he's keeping them together again tonight. Let me, if this is the explanation, how do you feel about it? Is Woodcroft feeling the pressure a little bit? Did oh, come, for sure. Did he come in last year and it was like, I got nothing to lose? Yep. Although in one sense, you could say, well, no, you're coaching for a job in the NHL here. There was a yep. lot of pressure. But did he come in? He was this But everyone was looser. Like when you everyone was your looser. Disneyland dad. Yep. And now, now this year, is he struggling to adjust to the expectations and having a coach for 82 games, a team that's this talented? Yes, 100%. Because now... You know, you go on a little bit of a skid and then you have doubt. And now once you have doubt, you can let that fuel your decisions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is happening. This is, this is just like human nature. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's feeling the pressure. I think one thing too, nothing went wrong when he came in, right? If I remember rightly, like yeah. everything was kind of trending in a positive direction. Everyone was healthy. And now you look at the team and it seems like every game we lose someone. Like Broberg didn't play the other day because he was banged up or something. Broberg really. might be out. He's week to week. Yeah. And Murray, I think, is out a month. So that explains the demerge. When did he thing. get hurt? Maybe a month ago when he stopped <laughs> playing, I guess. Yeah. Also, how are we just hearing about it now? I don't know. Yeah. So I wonder if that's like a thing. It's like maybe not feeling the pressure, but almost like not sure what to do because he has very little options now. Like there's no cane to fall back on. And, and like Fogel's yeah. just come back, but like McLeod's gone. Like, kind of got to lean on the big guys to do something and they are doing stuff every night. It's just unfortunately now no one else is, but at one point they did go for the three big guys down the middle in the game, like David dry and Nuge. And I thought that kind of worked decently well, like spread out a little bit. And so. there was a stretch where they went McDavid, Yamamoto and Hyman and they look good. And I think there's something to be said about putting McDavid with just two buzz saws that go hard to the net and four check hard. I would mix it up. And I think there was a great point here in the chat. I haven't given the chat enough love today, by the way. Uh, Riley, I don't understand why Woodcroft has strayed so far against playing the whole team. It's not like doing the tippet is even working all that well. 
And that's my point. Like, okay, you reunited McDavid and Drysaddle for a little bit. It started in that game against the Rangers, and there was the big comeback. But they didn't come back because of McDavid and Drysaddle. They came back that game because depth scoring. Dylan Holloway and Ryan McLeod were on the ice for three of those four goals in that comeback victory. And then since then, he's kept them together. They beat Florida. That was great. They beat Chicago barely by a goal. Lost to Minnie, beat Montreal, lost to Washington, beat Arizona, beat Minnie again, lost, split the double-double against uh, Minnesota and Nashville. And then you've had two games now where you've completely blown it. It's not working. And yet tonight he's going right back to to McDavid and Drysaddle. And I don't get it. I, I just, last game, things worked well when you split them up. You need to get everyone playing and contributing more. So go with a more balanced approach. This all one line thing doesn't work. Maybe it does work. <laughs> like, it sounds really <laughs> weird to say, but just like thinking about the last two games, the only reason they lost is because they made defensive mistakes. It wasn't the offense. That Defense is wrong. a team game. True, but yeah, I guess McDavid and they were on the ice for the. No. Maybe the, I don't that know, trio isn't feels, good defensively. No, it's, it's no. definitely not. But they'll but like, always outscore their opposition. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought about that. Maybe if like those two games don't happen, if those two mistakes don't happen, right? By mm-hmm. defensemen, not the forward group. Just to counter everything we just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a weird time, Liam. So it's okay. Yeah. We it's it, we go around in circles. We got to think a new topic. So well, the new pop topic <laughs> is is we need a little bit of change, a little bit of roster construction. McDavid, Drysaddle, and Hyman last game played 758 together at five on five. They were outshot by the Ducks and outscored. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. So, but they're rolling right back to it. So let's get into our lines tonight. Uh, brought to you by Short Ford again. McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman, new Gianmark Yamamoto, Holloway, Fogel, Pugliarvi, Shore, Costin, Ryan, Hamblin is your extra forward, Nurse, Cece, Kulak, Barry, Nima Lyon, and Bouchard. Jack Campbell is your expected starter. Played good against the Preds last time he was there, so go back to him. I'm, yeah, why not? I'm glad he didn't play on Saturday. Why? Because I, I wanted him to play, but knowing how that game went, I'm glad he wasn't. The but maybe that would have changed the way we played. Butterfly effect. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think they ever play. Well. I don't think Evan Bouchard Campbell. goes, you know what? I'm not going to screen Jack Campbell. <laughs> you know what, Jack Cowley let three goals in against the Preds. Maybe would only let three goals in against the Ducks. And that's not even a slight against Skinner. Yeah, just maybe. Um, but he is going to get the call tonight. He had a 900, or he was better than 900 against the Preds a week ago. For me, that will continue to be my bar for Jack Campbell. If he's above 900, I don't even care win or lose. You're good. Just yeah. keep it simple. Be above just, 900. You're good. Just have a good game. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. win the game. How's that? Yeah, that'll That's work. My key win. It, it's not must win because no game in December is a must win, but yes. it, this is a big moment. Psychologically, yes. Not for like your playoff hopes, but just to get the season back on the rails. Yeah, there's certain points in the year that on. You just got to win. Like yeah, that, that Arizona game, like we had to destroy them the way we did. Yeah. Granted, our performance since hasn't been the greatest either, but like, got to win tonight. Need those two points. Got to win tonight. Dangerous way just says he hopes everyone has fun. I'm with him. You know what? If they're having fun and Nashville's a fun city, mm-hmm. they'll win. Fair enough. Let's get to bets for this evening's game against the Predators. The Oilers are favorites on, on the road, but only minus 136, which is interesting. If you like back in the oil, not a terrible spot. Ooh, they're all the way down to minus 125 now. Liam, what do you like tonight? Wow. 
I think it's fairly obvious should all go tonight when the Predators. Yeah. So Leon Dreisaitl goal. And Leon Dreisaitl to get three or more points. Plus 275 on that Dreisaitl. Three or more points. That's spicy. And what about bundling him with the money line and the over six and a half? Oilers to win and Dreisaitl over two points is plus 220. Uh The last time they played the Preds, I hit a juicy one. I hit a 14 to one parlay. And it was... Oilers to win over six and a half. Dry saddle to score twice. It's 13 to one tonight. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dabble like as, as sour as I am that we lost against the ducks. I still believe he is the mayor of, of Nashville. Yeah. I mean, back to back five point games. You I'm, know, he's mad. We saw it. We all saw it. Whether you're watching at home or you're at the game, you can yeah. probably hear it <laughs> if you're at the game. So, you know, he's coming in hot. Yeah, if there is an over four and a half, I would take it. It's tough to find. He's 28 to one to get a hat trick tonight. Taking that. Um, I also like the Zach Hyman shot prop. If we're moving something away from Nashville, there you are with Leon. Hey, that's that's me with the mayor. With the mayor. <laughs> um, so basically, we're in agreement. It's a heavy dry saddle night, and we're hoping the oil win. The oil better win. Yeah, the better. There you go. Uh, shout out to Sherwood Ford. Let's get to our giant keys to victory tonight to wrap up the show. Also, we did hit our light goal, Liam. We're up to 66, which is great to see. Good work. The streak yep. continues. We're at 112 viewers too right now. Good work, everybody. Hey, everyone. So thank you, everyone, for jo- tuning in. Cato has an interesting take. He says, I think all of the D is being asked to, to do too much, and it's biting them in the ass. And I get but like, it a but like, little, okay, okay, but... okay, okay. But what do you mean by do too much? Like, actually, like, try and to like defend like just try to be a defenseman like is that asking too much no or they just don't have the defensive side to their game mike that is needed with how our defense our defensive core is made up you know what? i'll push back on you on that because uh, always will because the goals against are not systematic failures they're not breaking down and losing a guy in coverage they're home run the blunders net. they're home run blunders which means it's not a collective issue it is an individual issue. Nurse can't make the blunders. But it's a collection of the defense that are making those blunders. It's, it's not Nurse just... and Bouchard. Play them sure. together. Then at least they're on the ice and you <laughs> pray to God you can sort that out. And at least when they're off the ice, no one's making mistakes and you're good. But I'm just I, saying... I like, don't disagree with putting them together, actually. <laughs> it'll be high event hockey. Playing with McDavid but and Dreisaitl. it'll Dreisand. force them to think about defense because one of them is yeah. going to screw up. Yeah. You sit each of them down separately. Woodcroft calls him Bouchard. He goes, listen, you, we're going to play with Darnell. He's struggling right now, right? So you got to put an emphasis on playing good D. Then you call in Nurse. You go, Darnell, we're playing you with Bouch, and he's struggling right now. So we need you to buckle down on D and not make any mistakes. And then they'll each bring the best out of each other. Um, and then they'll get together and they'll say what the coach said. And then you got a real shitty situation. Nah, <laughs> just tell him, tell him to promise not to tell him. <laughs> That's right. That always works. <laughs> uh, my short for giant key to the game is going to be the same as it was against Anaheim. No 10 bell mistakes. Don't make the terrible mistakes. And also my smaller key to the game, get everyone involved. I want Woodcroft right off the bat, rolling four lines. I want to do it two or three times. Just get everyone in the game, get everyone engaged. Everyone feeling like they're meaningfully contributing and then no 10 bell mistakes from the decor. So I'm going to piggyback on that. And I'm not going to say, you said no 10 bell mistakes. No 10 bell mistakes. I'm going to say reduce the 10 bell Ah, mistakes. Yours is probably more realistic. (laughs) Because you know they're coming and then outscore our mistakes as long as we have less mistakes. 
you just stole both of mine. <laughs> so Fair. yeah, just play simple hockey. You don't need to, no one's asking you to make tape to tape passes for mm-hmm. 200 feet. Well, just, except for Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Backhand. Sure. Yeah, either way, close his eyes. Yep. Just go play your game. Like it's a good team. We have a lot of good players and we look like we are literally the Anaheim Ducks. Well, we lost so, them recently. Exactly. I don't know if you know that. So we all ah. just, don't frustrate me tonight. That's my <laughs> the game. Put some pride game. in your work. <laughs> uh, Daniel's in and says the defense is pushing for offense too much. Just play steady defense and keep it low event. And I like that. Yes. Keep it low event it. when you're out there. I would love it. Darnell Nurse said he just needs to relax. Yeah. Maybe he does just need to relax a little bit. Take a deep breath. But I would also say against St. Louis, one of his big mistakes was because he took way too much time and was just relaxing. And then the four checkers hit him hard and he didn't know what to do with it. And he coughed it up. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Six o'clock puck drop tonight between the Oilers and the Preds. The mayor of Smashville, Leon Dreisaitl, will be there, will be in the building, and he'll be looking to dominate as well. Your expected starters are UC Soros for Nashville and Jack Campbell for the Edmonton Oilers. So Edmonton won't get the matchup against the backup like they did six days ago when they took on the Preds. But it is a big, big game for the Edmonton Oilers. It's a big one. They all kind of are. But as we head into, oh, holiday roster freeze is tonight at midnight Eastern, so 10 o'clock Mountain. In the NHL, not expecting anything from the Oilers. Don't think they're going to pull some magical last second. Yes, a pull Yarvi trade or anything like that. Um, and just because the roster freeze is in effect tonight at midnight, it's done. So the players don't have to worry about getting traded over the holidays. You're also, it'd be kind of shitty to just deal someone right at the deadline That's and be bad. like, yeah, yeah, not a great look. So I think the Oilers will keep their powder dry. If you're holding your breath, waiting for a last second move, I, uh, it don't is what I'm saying here. Uh, Riley's in with a key to the game. We got time for a couple of these before we wrap it up. He says, play more even minutes across the team. Weird stuff happens when the team plays weird minutes. I like that. Keep it even. Keep it consistent. Roll your four lines if you're Woodcroft and just go. You're going to play the big guns together. You keep them together. And a couple people, Tyler and Tyson, both in saying, just load up dry. All the pressure's on him tonight. Leon. Leon, win us the game? He's going to make sure. He's going to make sure he wins tonight. But the thing is that, like, that's... If it, if it isn't for Connor and Leon, like producing mass points, like how do we win the game? Yeah, that's we, we got to fix that. Got to fix it. Hopefully getting a little bit healthier helps that as well. I thought Warren Fogle was good on Saturday, actually. I thought he was running around and mixing it yeah, up a bit. He was in the four checking yeah. hard. Yep. So hopefully you get McLeod back in the next week or so. And then you keep going. Uh, Electronic Jordan says he's excited for real life today. Yes. New episode of real life will drop in uh, two hours. I'm sure there'll there. be some spice. There definitely will be. And I'm also going to get Wanye's take on the interview with Reed Schaefer because he was texting me and he was excited. He's going to faint. Yeah. Uh, All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back same time tomorrow, noon Mountain Time, hopefully breaking down an Edmonton Oilers victory. Shout out to Reed Schaefer for giving us some time today and to Hockey Canada. Liam, Jay, our technical producer, Alex Allard. We'll be back same time tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. 